Hey, Sister Fran. If I were a betting woman, I would bet that nine out of 10 women have too much stuff. I would even venture to say that 99% of the Her Renew Strength community has too much stuff. I know, kind of crazy. I'm going to leave 1% open because I feel like there's maybe a person or half a person. (laughs) Half of that person is like, no, no, no. We only have what we need. And I tip my hat to you, woman. I do. Today, we're going to be talking to those of you who have too much stuff. And I'm pumped to share a conversation with my girl, Emily McDermott, where she shares three reasons you need to declutter as a Christian woman who struggles with anxiety or overwhelm or both. And I'm going to share something very vulnerable in this episode. So I hope that you are ready to just hear some really good stuff. Now, let me tell you about Emily. Emily McDermott is an Air Force wife and mom to two boys living in Fairfax, Virginia. Her blog, Simple by Emmy, chronicles her journey to a simpler and more intentional life. Her free resources, including 50 Questions Minimalists Ask, will help you focus on what matters most. Oh, I love focusing on what matters most. Emily helps overwhelmed moms of young children define what matters, eliminate what doesn't, and automate the rest in her podcast, Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. She's also the author of the children's book, Little One, and enjoys writing custom poetry, dancing, and eating peanut butter out of the jar. Y'all, I love Emily. Let's be honest. She's our bestie. So let's tune in because this conversation is a goodie. Let's do it. Listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with? If you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. All right, y'all. I have a very special guest. I know I say this all the time, but uh, today's conversation and today's guest are two that I've been looking forward to for some time. Number one, because we've been trying to get together for some time. And then number two, because the topic is very personal to me. So we're going to be having a conversation with Emily Gildersleeve McDermott. And we're talking about whether or not you have too much stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert, you probably do. (laughs) I know. I know. Emily, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you and welcome. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yes. It has been a a long time coming, but I was just so thrilled to learn more about you and your story and kind of your connection with this topic. So I can't wait to dive in. Yeah. So I'll just point you guys to Emily's podcast because 
we had a conversation about how this is a personal topic to me, and I'm not going to go too much into that here. So certainly uh, we'll link that in the show notes. She is host of Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. So it's probably really good for you if you're a mom or even if you're not. And um, I share more about my history with stuff and how I've gotten to this point of like minimalism or whatever it is that it is. But what we want to talk about today, and Emily, I'm going to invite you to share your testimony, is something that you help women work through. And this too much stuff thing, I think people really started to think more about this during the pandemic. Remember when people started getting really organized and then like home edit became super big and Marie Kondo was a big thing and all these ways that people were starting to just be more intentional with their space. It was just kind of this opportunity for people to like actually live with what they have at home, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Maybe just getting some extra toilet paper. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't Besides that. <laughs> I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah. I do remember, but sometimes we don't realize that we have all these things. And so how do you help women? And how did you get to this point that you have helped these women with this in this way? Yeah. So I never thought that I would be an expert on decluttering. Yeah. <laughs> and I was definitely a very organized child. And I think you and I are probably maybe similar in that regard, just kind of organizing the external and as much as what we could control yeah. kind of helped, you know, us regulate. And for me, my story kind of started back in 2014 when my husband and I were struggling to get pregnant. Unfortunately, it had a miscarriage and we knew that it was possible, but the diagnosis we were given was unexplained infertility, which was like, we don't have an answer for you. <laughs> wow. So we decided that we would go forward with doing, eventually doing in vitro fertilization, which is a very rigorous protocol. You're doing daily injections, getting blood work, all the things. And I was working full-time at that time definitely overwhelmed by my schedule and just kind of chronic people pleasing and saying yes to everything, but also mm -hmm. just the amount of stuff that I had, I am definitely sensitive to my environment. Mm -hmm. And so clutter and noise and even caffeine, like these things really affect me. I didn't realize it at the time, but I thought I, I really felt in my heart of hearts that God had created me that I was supposed to be a mom. I knew that that was going to happen one way or another, but I realized that we did not have the physical space, nor did I have the emotional space to prepare for this baby that we prayed and hoped was coming. And so I did at that time learn about minimalism, simplicity, intentional living, all of these types of things and mm -hmm. started decluttering my physical space immediately felt this benefit of, oh, I can breathe. I can think I can hopefully, like I said, have the room to um, receive and conceive, which we did. So we wow. had our first child via IVF. And then our second was a, I like to call our free baby that God yeah. said, okay, well you have our year one and now you're going to have two under two. And I had <laughs> postpartum anxiety. I couldn't yeah. make basic decisions. And for me, it was something I felt so blessed, but the just simplifying everything possible, including the number of decisions I was making in a given mm -hmm. day, 
really helped me and simplicity, minimalism, and decluttering has helped me in every single stage and phase of my motherhood. And I'm just really grateful that I, that I discovered it and now can help other women kind of go on the same path. So yeah, it's, it's really a blessing to be able to do that. Absolutely. This is a beautiful testimony. Thank you for sharing. And I can already see how many women can relate. I have several friends of mine who are so dear to me, who have a very similar experience and struggling to conceive and inexplicable, right? There's there's just this thing, right? And I'm instantly kind of brought back to, to the Bible where so many of these women who eventually brought forth these mighty men of God were barren for a time and it's heartbreaking. And so I can definitely see how it helped mentally and emotionally to at the very least feel like there was some sense of not control, but like progress being made. Right. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And just that when I was hoping and praying and having faith that I would be the person that I really believed God had made me to be that I was able to at least control my physical environment, which then really gave me a more positive and hopeful outlook as to what was, what was going to happen no matter what happened. And I know we'll get into this, but as you were clearing your physical space, it not only gives you back your time, but also your energy and your focus and all of these things that we don't want stuff robbing from us because we have better things to focus on and put our energy on. And so I was just really grateful that I learned that lesson then. So then I was able to pour into what actually mattered instead Mm -hmm. of my stuff. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a few things. You're actually going to be touching on some really important information and very helpful things to kind of paint a more clear picture about this in a few minutes. But as you're sharing this, what I'm seeing is like, I see a connection to mental health and wellness and emotional health and wellness and like what your physical space looks like. And I just a short like touch on what we had actually talked about on your podcast is my mom, right? Like she had all of this stuff. She has all this stuff and her mind is just as chaotic as her physical environment. And it is very stressful to look at and to be like constantly in, right? Cause your brain goes with you and it's so hard to turn it off. So having less to look at for me, especially is definitely one of those things that helps me feel lighter and also be able to operate at a more full capacity. I feel like my performance is so much more effective and efficient when I don't have a ton of things around me. I actually have nothing except for my planner and my Bible on my desk. When my computer is closed, like there's nothing around it. I don't like anything on my counters. I just want space. I love space, empty space. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the brain actually sees clutter as undone tasks or things Mm -hmm. that we have to do. Mm -hmm. So if we're constantly surrounded by that, it is this loop, you know, going on in our brains as to, oh, I have to pick that up. Oh, I have to sign that form. Oh, I need to do the dishes, you know, whatever it is. 
And so it really is stealing that focus and attention. And that's why when we're in a cluttered environment, we feel scatterbrained and Mm -hmm. we just aren't able to kind of stop that running loop that is in so many of our heads all the time. And that of course um, has a connection to you know, anxiety and Mm -hmm. all of these other things. So. Yeah. I think this is a good segue into some of the reasons it would be beneficial for someone to just take that leap and begin the process of decluttering. So what are some of the reasons that you have found and what are the reasons that you sometimes, or maybe most of the time share with your clients? Yeah, for sure. So we always want to be going back to what matters most and that differs for every person. But when I look at sort of my deep seated whys, the first would be having to do with my health. Mm -hmm. And there are just a couple of studies that I'll mention. And I can, of course, share the actual links if people are interested, but clutter affects our sleep. So if you're in a cluttered bedroom, you're going to have more likely sleep disturbances and lower sleep quality. And we know sleep is one of those fundamental things that impacts everything, especially when it comes to stress and anxiety. And also if we're in a cluttered kitchen, one of the other studies found that we were more likely to eat cookies if we were given the choice between cookies, crackers, or carrots. And so like if your kitchen's messy and then you are starting to get hangry, you're probably, if you're like me, you're like, I'm going to have a cookie and I'm going to have whatever the chips and just like, (laughs) that's what I'm going to have while I'm attempting to figure out what to make these tiny humans for dinner. But the third one I think is really key for your audience and as well as mine. And it was a study that followed couples, 30 couples around their homes, and the women were giving tours to the researchers. And if they described their home as being cluttered or disorganized or unfinished, they actually had higher stress hormone cortisol levels than the women that said that their homes were relaxing or calming or so forth. And those women that described their homes as cluttered and disorganized, they had also a more difficult time transitioning from work to home, and they had a higher level of depressed mood during the day. And interestingly enough, their husbands did not experience the same rise in cortisol levels, (laughs) which might show that at least in the United States, women are still the primary people that are quote unquote in charge of many of the home responsibilities. So the researchers were like, you know, I wonder why that's, that's the case, but Yeah. If you think that, oh my gosh, this clutter is driving me like up a wall and I am just so stressed out. It's not you. It's actual physical, you know, science of what's going on in your body. So something to keep in mind just because of the connection between that, again, our stress, anxiety, and it's all interrelated. It is. And I think so much of overwhelm comes from multiple things happening at the same time. So I think about this primarily because I am now in silence more frequently, but when there's noise in the background and then there's stuff happening, like my kids are like running around, but they're very colorful toys, nothing against colors. Colors are a little bit much for me. And then there's like stuff that needs to get put away. I'm trying to track what they're doing, listen to what's happening, focus on this stuff. And then I have my thoughts and I'm like, oh my gosh, something needs to stop. So I usually go with the noise first and, and then I can put that thing away. Sometimes I'll ask the kids for help, right? And turn it into an activity, but it is just multiple things happening at the same time. So imagine just 
listeners, if you're thinking about your own space, think about what calms you down and what like gets your heart rate increasing, right? And I can bet just from conversations with so many of you that the heart rate increase happens when you feel like you still have to do that thing, like this still, right? It's like daunting and it's on your brain, like you were saying before, Emily. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me. I get it. Let Jor's Joy podcast production and management services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Jor's Joy at facebook.com forward slash Jor's Joy. All right, back to the show. That higher level of depressed mood during the day, I wonder if it, this is just like a random thought right now or not so random, but I wonder if it has to do with the fact that they just feel like it'll never end, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is so easy to feel that overwhelm and just kind of defeat when it comes to the amount that we have to manage in a given day and to have all of our responsibilities and trying to care for everyone in our families. And then to just have these messes or piles or rooms where we don't even want to open the door. It's just this weight. It's this burden on us. And that really, again, you know, brings us, brings us down, depresses us, makes us think I'll never get on top of it. I'll just never get on top of it. And that's why, and I know you advocate this as well, just sort of the power of small steps. That's why mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you know, there is a way that you can approach it where you can actually say, okay, this is, this is doable <laughs> that yeah. we can take those small steps to start um, making a change, but knowing how much it affects our health, also the health of our children, yeah. that they're such tactile beings. And then when they're doing what I call the dump and go, where they just keep taking their toys, dumping it, going to the next thing it's because they're overwhelmed by what's in their space. If you're overwhelmed, I will bet you that your kids are overwhelmed as well. And so it's really to our benefit, but also to the benefit of our children. And those are, of course, very deep-seated whys. I've never met a parent that hasn't wanted to do whatever they could, you know, for the health of their children. But we don't yeah. often think of clutter as really affecting them, but it really does. I agree. I'm a testament to that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, are there any other reasons that say a person's not really motivated by sleep or they don't care about the cookie or any of that, any <laughs> other reasons that, that you might share they benefit from decluttering? Because I want to move into some tactical and practical, yeah. but I wonder if there are anything, any other considerations to keep in mind. Yeah, I would say, and I just kind of been thinking about this pretty recently, but there is sort of a biblical case for decluttering that I don't think you really hear a lot about. And of course we know we're not supposed to, to uh, store our treasures on earth. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's also um, in Matthew 6, 25 about, you know, not caring, not being anxious about what we shall eat and what we shall drink, what we shall wear. 
But there's actually one part of scripture that I really love because I don't think decluttering was ever a connection maybe made <laughs> by anyone else, maybe. But it's Exodus 16, 15 that has to do with manna. And I like talking about having this manna mindset. Mm. So Moses tells the Israelites to gather the manna. And they, it says, Moses said to them, let no one leave any of it over till the morning, but they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning and it bred worms and stank. So when we think about the sheer excess of what we have in our homes and also in our calendars and so forth, if we're thinking of, you know, we're, we're doing this because we have this scarcity mentality. We don't think that God as our father is going to be providing for us. And so we say, I know better. So I'm going to amass more and have more because I have this fear of what if something happens to it? What if it's not enough? But the excess in this case, it bred worms and it stank. And that is not what we want. You know, we want to be able to see God as provider and then be able to have enough that we have that contentment, that we have that feeling of gratitude. We're able to be generous with that excess. And then, you know, the breeding words, worms and stinking can be seen in many different ways. But for me, it's not, it's not anything that's serving us. And that's what clutter is. It's anything that's not serving you and the person that you want to become. So that's kind of a little biblical mindset aspect to decluttering. Yeah. I like that. I don't like the breadworms and stank part, but I think it's a really great picture of what happens when we're allowing things to become garbage, really, right? Like it just becomes another thing in our house kind of can become almost like a a dump for the things that we no longer engage in or engage with. And I, I wonder, especially because so many people want like more space, right? I wish I had a bigger closet or I wish Mm -hmm. I had an extra bedroom or whatever. I wonder if you took that time to just go through like a phase of purging, like, would you actually need it? Would you actually need it? No, really not. Yeah. I think that at least in the United States, the size of, of homes has increased since I was born in 1980 has increased like 40% on average. And you see, you know, depending on where you are in the world, a lot of places, if it's new construction, it's going to be larger and larger homes. And unfortunately, when people are making these plans as to how big they want their homes to be, they're not thinking about their capacity and their ability to actually manage the stuff in that home. And so for me, I think about, I'm in a town home. I don't know what we have, like 2,500 square feet, but for me, I really don't want a bigger house because I feel like I still have struggles sometimes with not looking at the physical confines of what my home can hold, but actually what am I able to manage mm-hmm. in a given day? And those are two very different things. So it is an interesting trend that people kind of want the bigger spaces and the bigger closets. And I'm like, I am great. You can give me a smaller closet because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's less decisions and less choice and less for me to have to manage. And that sounds better to me. Yeah, I agree. If you guys took a look at my closet, you and people have, they ask, where are your clothes? I'm like, well, they're right there. (laughs) I just wash them every week after I wear them, but I use all my clothes. And if there's like, I think there are maybe three or four pieces because it's like wedding wear that I, I don't wear on a normal basis. But even that, sometimes my daughter wants to dress up as a princess and this girl will have me put on a 
fancy dress just to go to the living room. So we're, we do that, you know, <laughs> if someone wants to join in on the decluttering fun, let's talk about steps. Cause we yeah. referenced that before. What steps do you recommend they take? Yeah, definitely. First, do not start in the most sentimental, emotional possible place in your home. <laughs> start in your car, start in your bathroom, start where it's really easy to make decisions about what stays and what goes. Most things are trash, things are expired, that, that kind of thing. And then you're kind of building up that muscle to actually make decisions in more difficult places. You know, you always want to start with your own stuff first. So starting with either, like I said, you know, some of the common areas where there's not a lot of attachment, but always starting with, with your stuff first before um, moving on, even maybe to your kid's stuff or having the conversation, you know, with your, with your husband, yeah. which is a whole other topic. And I would say using this capacity concept, but using it as what we call the container rule, which is you are setting artificial physical boundary around a certain category of something. And once that boundary has been filled, then you are making decisions about what stays and what goes, but what goes in there first is what you use, what you love, what is important to you. Then you can put in the maybes and whatever else fits fits. But if I say, this is my bookshelf dedicated to books. Once it's filled, I'm donating the rest. So setting those artificial boundaries for ourselves as well as our kids really helps again with that capacity concept that it's mm -hmm. not what our homes can hold, but we can set those artificial boundaries. So those would probably be my, some of my initial tips on how to get started. Yeah, I like it. So we're going to recap these tips. You say start in the least sentimental place. So don't go to your bedroom, maybe go to your bathroom, um, or you even said the car and build up that muscle so that as time goes on and you kind of get in the swing of this, you can make harder decisions when it comes time to move into those more sentimental places. Mm -hmm. Then start with your stuff. Don't go throwing away everybody else's stuff first procrastinators. That's for you. <laughs> and then this container rule, which I really like, it's really what you describe as an artificial boundary that you set and you fill first with what you use, love, or find to be important. And then if there's room, add those maybes, anything else that I guess pertains to this artificial boundary or this container, like a bookshelf, you wouldn't put non-bookshelf items on there just because it fits. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that before because usually people have so much, they're like, okay, I need to put it within this you know, space. Yeah. But yeah, it's good probably also with everything, having a home that you generally yeah. know where everything is. And so, you know, for me, it's kind of controversial. My kids don't have toys in their rooms. Yeah. <laughs> we have one of some of these kind of set spaces for it because I don't want to know where the library books are and have to look through my whole house. We have one designated shelf for library books. That's where they live every night after we read, they go back there. So I don't have to be searching because that's the worst yeah. when you're trying to find something and you can't find it in the whole house. <laughs> oh yeah. Forget it. It is yeah. the worst. Yeah. I think so. the biggest headache for me has been when I know that I put something in its place and then it takes a journey somewhere else when no one was looking <laughs> and it's like in the most unsuspecting place, it's a really big headache. And it just like, I feel so drained after that. So I'm like, I created a home for this. I know. <laughs> 
Why didn't you respect my boundary? Mm-hmm. I know. Boundaries go beyond talking to people about topics, y'all. It's also what we do with the things that we own and, you know, attach ourselves to. I think that's something that some of us, some of you need to remember. You're not attached to your things. And I remember my dad would say things like, is it going to go with me in the casket? No. Is God going to take me to heaven with it? No. And um, I'm that my daughter brings that back sometimes to my memory because she has this little um, penguin that she loves. I named it Lila. And so she, you know, she asks questions about heaven. She's like, is, is Lila going to come to heaven too? I'm like, you know, I don't know that God brings our stuff with us. I'm pretty sure that it stays behind. And she's just like, but I love Lila so much. I'm like, I know, but do you love Lila more than God? She's like, no, mm. no, no, I don't. And so we, you know, we have to have those, those intervention moments, right? And yeah. and maybe some of y'all need an intervention today. You just need to ask yourself, like, where's my heart on this? Is this thing becoming an idol? Is this thing, you know, bringing me more comfort than than the Lord brings to me? And and get real with yourself. And if you are in that place where you're realizing, oh snap, like my stuff has become like a little God to me, then it's time to repent. It's just time to take that to the feet of Jesus and, and leave it right there. Ask for forgiveness and, and turn the leaf over. Right. Yeah. Lay it down is my phrase for 2023. And it's not only it's all the burdens that I'm carrying. Right. And a lot of it is physical, but even some of our physical stuff has all of this emotional weight. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to lay down that emotional weight as well. And so, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. Well, I have loved our conversation. And if I don't stop now, we're going to keep talking and Jordan's going to spend 60 minutes trying to edit this. So we're going to ask, where can we find you, Emily? Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. And yeah. I can be found Anywhere you find your podcast at Moms Overcoming Overwhelm. And there, there's a link to my Facebook group where we do every other week, we do decluttering challenges, 15 mm-hmm. minutes a day, Monday to Friday, and just kind of cheering each other on as we're building that habit and building those decision-making muscles. I love that. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you for pouring into our listeners today. And I'll make sure to have the link to the podcast and to the Facebook group so that you all who would really benefit from support and accountability can start, just get started. Yay. Thanks again for having me, Erica. For sure. We'll see y'all on the next one. Peace. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.